just love the people organizing it mm-hmm. because it's such a challenge, and particularly nowadays, mm-hmm. the old volunteers doing it, and they're giving us a chance, you know, to show our work, and they're putting all this hard work, and I think, wow, you're amazing, you know. It's nice to meet the other people, and also, you know, it, it, it gives you a focus because you do the work, and okay, you can have it at home and look at it yourself, but it's nice to share it with other people. Hello, and welcome to the E17 Art Trail podcast series. Now in its 17th year, the E17 Art Trail will run from the 1st to the 18th of July. It's a creative festival showcasing the abundant creativity of Walthamstow's multicultural artistic community and is curated by the fabulous Artillery Massive. This year's theme is Possible Futures and we look forward to definitely chatting with some of the trail's participants. So here we are back again at the Creative Works on Black Horse Lane. But this time we are with the fabulous Ros Stevens, photographer extraordinaire. I've just been shot myself, um, which sounds more painful than it is. <laughs> but, um, Ros, can you tell us what your project is about and what it's called? You can. Good. I can. It is called Queers in the Forest. Mm-hmm. And it is to combat biphobia, transphobia, all the phobias that are related to the rainbow in some way or another, um, to challenge stereotypes of what queer looks like and to open up safe spaces. So yes, I've shot that today and I'm absolutely knackered now, so apologies if I start to stutter a bit. <laughs> what time did you start this morning, Roz? Tell our listeners. <laughs> um, I was here at 11. The building opened at 1 and I've shot nine people within my project and then outside of that, I've shot a few others that have just stood in for me. So Messy. Shot between yeah sort of 15 I think now yeah it's a lot of talking it's been a long day it's been a long day but it's all been fun and good and everyone has been amazing so that's really good to know now tell us about simp the sheep I've been reading ah. about simp I don't know <laughs> yes simp was a mascot that was given to me right when I first started the project and um, I put a call out for people to name him or them, should I say, because they're pronouns. They came with pronouns. They came with pronouns. Came with a name which was Simp and pronouns which are they, them. So apologies to Simp the Sheep for getting your pronouns wrong. Yeah. Is he here today? <laughs> he is. I mean, they, are they, they are not. Are they, they here today? They are not here today they're because here today. they are ceramic and very heavy and oh. I couldn't carry them along with the studio. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. I think, though, when I first shot you... Yes. I brought Simp with me, I think. I, I didn't meet Simp. You didn't? No. Ah, how big is Simp? Simp is about two foot by two foot, and it's ceramic. Okay, so no, I'm not sure I met. You would know if you had. They okay. leave an impression. Okay. <laughs> so you're um, a Walthamstow resident, aren't I you? I am. Yes. You how long have you been in the in the stow? November 2016. Yes, I had to calculate that. Nice. And how are yes. you finding that? Absolutely love it. In yeah. fact, I love it so much I named my business after it. <laughs> Which is? E17 Photography. There we are, everybody. If you need some photographs, <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> Excellent. And so where might we see the uh, results of this particular project, Queers in the Forest? The Queers in the Forest is going to be in Wynn's Gallery either the end of this year or the beginning of next, which is in Lloyd's Park. Nice, in the middle of the park. In the yeah. middle of the park. 
It might be going to the British Library. I say might because that's not set in stone yet. Okay. It might be going to Leicester to be projected against buildings in Leicester. Um, it might be going into Epping Forest, uh, the back of Organic Lee, in the actual forest. I'll be putting the quiz, potentially. Um, and then after this, I'm hoping to tour it around the UK. Also, I just, oh, I don't know if I can tell you. Is it a secret? Are we going to get the first? It kind of is. It kind of is, but I've been in touch with Queer Britain. Yay. And they want the exhibition permanently. Okay, but that's a secret. So, so that's a secret, so don't tell anyone. So don't it's tell not, anyone, please. Uh, it's only verbally been um, talked discussed. about and discussed, but uh, Queer Britain is opening up soon, hopefully. And what is that? What, what, what it's is a museum. Ah. Uh, yeah, so they're opening up in London as the main one, and then they're going to hopefully have uh, smaller ones in the four counties. But Sounds yeah. fabulous. Yeah, right? Needed. Yeah. Needed, overdue. They, they've said that they can take it as a, like a permanent home so it's safe covid we're about to come out but i mean maybe temporarily but who knows um how has that affected your practice it's made it better yeah how tell us about that because quiz in the forest was my fine art side of my photography mm. and then i decided during covid times to split it into two so the business was e17 photography and then rosenstevens.com so that meant that i was starting to photograph people locally, local businesses, people who are graduating, local people who've just had a baby, weddings, that kind of thing. Um, That's the commercial side. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's the kind of E17 side of it. Mm -hmm. So it meant that I was still working when we could, when it wasn't the height of restrictions or anything like that. And also because I can have a certain distance between me and the subject, yeah, sure. it meant it was still safe. So I was able to actually grow my business. Yay, yay, win. Win. <laughs> and... What about psychologically? How did that? Because for, for artists, you know, it was difficult. I it think, was for really difficult. I actually had the worst time of my life ever during COVID, ah. um, including first Christmas on my own, first yeah. death on my own, first funeral on my own, first New Year on my own, my 40th birthday on my own. It was a lot. I had, I had a really, really tough time. Um, one thing I did do was I, I bought my favorite ingredients for a meal, which is Thai red curry. I bought a bottle of wine. And mine. Really? Thai red curry. I love it. We're going to have to do a Thai red curry night. <gasps> love it. Do you like spice? Yeah. I love spice. Mm -hmm. I, I, oh, okay, we're going to do that. We can do that. Um, I bought a bottle of wine and I bought some peonies. And I was sitting there having a date with myself. And I looked at the peonies and I decided to photograph those as I would a person. Because I needed to do something when we couldn't, when it was really the height of lockdown. Yeah. And that's when I photographed the red peonies. And then from that, I then started photographing them. Like This year, that's what's in it, on display in the e Art Trail. Great. Oh, I love a peony. I love I, a peony. I think they're like... They're like little angels from heaven, especially the, the, the white ones. Yeah, they're gorgeous, but, um, aren't they? Where can we see those, the photographs of your peonies? They are in, I think it's called St. Mary's Road in Bijou Beauty on the corner. Yeah, so right just, by the station. So if you cross yeah. over from the station yep. into St. Mary's Road. Yep, they're there in Bijou Beauty in the window, so you don't have to go in. You don't can see them have to go in and anytime. ask for a haircut. Excellent. So I'm sure um, lots of people will be passing some areas because that's sort of the way into the village as well. Yeah. So make sure you check out Roz's uh, beautiful peonies. Oh, thank you uh, so much. Thank you so much for talking to us today and, um, and good luck with this project, Quiz in the Forest. Thank you. And thanks for coming and sitting for me. Absolute pleasure. 
If you want to find me online, you can have a look at e17photography.co.uk or rosalindstevens.com. and I created Dark Yellow Dot which is a platform for emerging artists basically to show support to artists who are just starting out who are early on in their career. I started it because I was in the same boat and I had nowhere to look, I didn't really know how to get started and I found that most of the opportunities that were around were for established artists already and I felt quite like elitist and it didn't really suit my position just fresh out of uni. So um, I went onto Instagram and started looking at other artists and what they're doing and tried to kind of make connections that way and um, started sharing artwork that I found interesting. And that grew into Dark Yellow Dot. Um, and I created a, an art competition for all those followers. And that art competition was sort of the initial Thing that propelled the rest of the events that I do now. So the first art competition was in 2017 and that was where I selected three artists. Um, they'd never shown their work before and that actually made me really excited because I had remembered when it was my first art competition or my first exhibition and I had just started out and now it was their turn and I really enjoyed that part of it. That curating part of it and going through all the submissions and linking with different venues I could really like that part of it so I decided to continue that um, and so the Instagram turned into more of an in-person thing where I now connect with different organizations and artists and individuals that are interested as well to bring artists into their spaces outside of the traditional white wall gallery so it's basically about making artwork accessible to real people really and that's where we are now. Artillery E17 they've invited me to curate the big group show the Possible Futures exhibition here at the Festival Hub um, and yeah I was really excited to say yes to that and so this show features 36 artists and has over 60 artworks in the space at Gnome House so it's the biggest exhibition I've done so far, um, but definitely the best. And it's been a pleasure to like meet all these artists and they're all different levels. So that was really nice to see everyone working together. Now, after I've been able to like take a little bit of a break, cause I've been kind of busy doing this exhibition and um, a few other partnerships all in the same time this month, actually next, I will be creating a membership where the artists who have been following for a while or maybe brand new to Dark Yellow Dot want to get involved a little bit more in depth and um, meet each other as well, which is something that has been requested that they want to learn more from the other artists that are involved in the platform and also connect more with me. So 
I'm going to be opening a membership towards the end of the year, which will be mostly online and it will involve um, workshops and I'll bring in guest speakers to talk about their work and anything else that can help an artist's career grow, basically. So that membership will be opening towards the end of this year and anyone can find out about it. They can definitely... Uh, sign up to the waitlist which is already on the website at darkyellow.com um, so you can just start, put your name on the list to be notified when we open the doors to the membership and open calls I share open calls of art competitions that I'm doing actually one is coming to an end in the next couple of weeks um, I'm still accepting uh, submissions for that that art competition is called Lifted 21 and that basically it's calling any artist who has never shown their artwork before in a public space outside of their university or an institution and I will call three artists and um, give them their first like, exhibition and the exhibition will be held at the Genesis Cinema Gallery uh, which is another place that I program the artwork for. I also am an artist so there's certain things that were not taught to me in uni um I definitely learned a lot through uni and it was an invaluable time like meeting other artists and talking to them and working so closely together in studios and stuff but once I graduated I kind of felt like I was left alone and I didn't really have I moved to London I didn't really have any friends I had no one who I knew from studies or my teachers like I didn't have anything so um, I kind of had to build that on my own which is great, but building Darkular Dot has definitely made my own practice like slow down a lot. But I am an artist, my practice mostly is in collage, paper works. Um, I do painting uh, as well. I used to teach a painting class. But yeah, I have an exhibition at the 1B Window Gallery right now. It's on as part of the art trail, and um, that's on Copper Mill Lane. And that is a collage installation which is something I've never done before so I decided to blow up my little paper cutouts and make them really large and I turned the space into an inspired version of my nan's front room um, you can read more about it on the website on darkerthedark.com um, but it's a really personal piece to me and it, it means a lot and I'm hoping to continue doing more of that collage installation type of work in the future I think that'll be really exciting for me I'm on Instagram at Darkula Dot. Everything is Darkula Dot, basically. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm mostly active on Instagram. It's Eleni Lucy. Lovely to see you soon. Oh, it's so nice to see you. We've known each other a long time long now, time, haven't we? Long time. No, that's great. And I know you as a photographer. Yes. But here you are with these lovely collages. Thank you. So you've Thank you. you've you've created a new arm of your work. Well, it's uh, you know what I did before. I've completed the circle, as you say. You know, with the dance photography, and I want to do something different. You know, so. I don't know where it started really, you know, suddenly maybe I saw another opportunity to create something, you know, that, that was more uh, fitting with my age, you know, because <laughs> I wasn't getting young anymore. I'm 75 now, 
So I started doing collages about 10 years ago. So, you know, before that, you know, when I was doing dance photography, I was up and about all the time, going to rehearsals, you know, quite demanding, quite stressful, you know. You know, you go and photograph in a, in a rehearsal, then you come home, you get in the darkroom to develop, you don't know what's going to come out, because with dance you can't predict, you know. And so all this was highly exciting, but also... Uh, very stressful, you know, at times. Yeah. You know, it was very satisfying when the results were good. This I can do at my own leisure. Don't have to get permission from anybody. Uh, you know, I can... I like being at home. You know, it's kind of a, a nice... Uh, I put my music on, I put a radio on, and, and I just get on with it. And, I mean, for me, the, the challenge is... I mean, I have, a, let's say, a bit of paper. I have to fill, you know, something. And uh, what I tend to do is I cut down from magazines or, I mean, little things. Like, I remember once I went, I was so upset because it was the, one of the local estate agents. They put the flyer through the door and it landed the wrong way around. <laughs> so I, had it, I left it for a month and then I picked it up, turned it the other way around. I had the most amazing spiral which would have been perfect for collage, you know. <laughs> and suddenly I thought, this has been through all the doors of my street. And, and if I knew, I would have asked, them, gone to the people and say, look, can I have this card, please? You know? mm. Because uh, things like that I can use in the collage, you know. So anyway, uh, of course, it was too late, a month later. So what I mean is, like, the, my excitement now, when I find bits of paper that I can use in the collage, anyway, I've got endless amount of boxes at home with all this material, and then when I want to start in a collage, I just look at them, pick up uh, pictures, that, bits that I like. I also do my own twiddling, you know, little drawings that I combine, uh, sometimes for my own photographs. And then it's just a matter of putting them together uh, in the paper to create the end result. And, and what amazes me always is like how you can th throw the whole thing of balance even with a dot in the wrong place, mm. the whole thing can, you know, really? just the really, really simple things. I see it when I do it, you know. And uh, like the, the, you know, I have this picolas at Nom House. It's like one meter, 90 framed by, oh, wow. by 90. It's really huge. That's okay. And that was uh, somebody asked me to do something for a splashboard for his kitchen. Ah. So, because I wouldn't have thought of making something that big. I mean, most of them, as you see, they're kind of like 10 by 12. Or, you know. mm -hmm. And so when he, he saw me working on a tiny piece, it was like less than A5. And he said, would you do something for my kitchen? So I said, of course, he'd give me the size. And then the <laughs> size came back. Uh, one meter seventy by seventy. Wow. One seventy centimeters by seventy centimeters. And I thought I haven't done anything that big before. But anyway, I got a bit of wood from my son. He cut me plywood, and then I started building it up. It took me five months to do it, and then uh, at the end, you know, obviously I didn't give it as a splashboard because you know I thought this is a pity, you know. So I offered the copy to oh. the people, you know. So <laughs> But anyway, it didn't that go down very well. But, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is too nice. I can't give it to you. Look, I mean, you know, because when, when I went to photograph it, in order to have it on the website, the photographer asked me, she said, how much are you selling it? I said, I'm not, I'm giving it away. She said, you're crazy. You know? So I thought, okay. So anyway, uh, 
So now it's a non-house, it's framed, you know, and all that. So I'm glad I didn't part with it. But working on it, you know, it's like a big piece. You have to work at all the areas of the board at the same time. Because if you don't, again, that won't work. You mm-hmm. know, if, if I work, let's say, on the left side of the picture and, and wait to work on the right side after I finish the left, the whole thing won't balance. Mm-hmm. So there are little things like that. And I notice there just tiny things in the wrong place. Would just, they just wouldn't work. So I find that, for me, I find it really interesting, mm. you know, the challenge of, of doing So just describe, so they're sort of geometric shapes that you cut out of things, aren't they? Are they always geometric? I think, I think not necessarily. I mean, I, I think for me, a lot of them look like cityscapes. You know, ah. I don't know why I got this. I never have an idea before I started. I just, I built it up without making any sketches beforehand or anything. I just do it. But I, at the end, when I look at them, I think, oh, my God, that reminds me of a cityscape. Mm-hmm. But it's not a conscious thing. It's unconsciously happens. And I don't know why, you know, this obsession, maybe, if you can call it. But I try, I mean, like... But, you, then, but then that one is actually a figure of a lady, isn't well, it? Well, this but, one was a drawing I did years ago. And uh, suddenly, I don't know why, just... I had this head, you know, this, uh, obviously it's like a sitting, sitting person, okay, sitting mm-hmm. woman. And I saw the head, which was like on another bit of a cutout from a magazine. And suddenly I thought, I'm going to put the two things together. Mm. And it worked for me, you it's know. It's beautiful. And I call it the wait, because it is like somebody waiting for something to happen, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I have I've found that I did drawings, I did uh, 40 years ago that now some of them are used in the oh, wow. And I love the fact that because yeah. they weren't good enough to exhibit, mm-hmm. there were sketches, like, you know, but now uh, I can use them in the collages. I just love the fact that it's a bit like recycling, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this one up here is really lovely because that's a sort of 1950s... This, um, did, did I explain to you how no, this happened? No, do, do. With, what, with this one, what happened is when, when things happen like that, it's magic for me. The figure of two people, it's yeah. like a cartoon drawing. It's two heads of a, of a couple, a man and a woman, touching, uh, their cheeks are touching. Right? Yeah, and it's very it's sort of 1950s style, 1940s style. Is it's just an outline of two heads uh, done in colour and... The, like a bit like you've seen comic strips. Yeah, okay? yeah. And then these heads were in a bit of cellophane and to put aside in the boxes to, possibly to use. And then the cars had taken and cut out shapes, the, the little cars from photographs in magazines, and I had them stacked one on top of the other on another bit of cellophane. Mm-hmm. And as I was emptying the boxes to find for the new collage, I suddenly looked at the table and the cars were on top of the, of the head of the two people mm-hmm. and it, it made the shape of a hat. It does. And, and so when I saw it, I thought, oh my God, this is a collage. Yeah. And it was given to me. You yeah, know, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. there orchestrated. It's hard to describe it, but like if you scrunched up your eyes and you didn't look at the detail, it would be just a couple... A, a lovely caricature of a couple with those those big wide brimmed hats hat, on it. Yeah. And then when you look up close at it, it's like no, they've got cars on their heads. It's, it's a <laughs> pile of cars. Yeah. And I called it the fatal attraction. Okay. Because it's kind of like you know what I mean. It's like yeah. an accident, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, 
No, I'm, I'm really pleased. Well, I mean, what, that was, a, as I said, it's an accident. And when it happens, you think, wow, mm. that's great. Mm. You know? That's brilliant. No, thank you. And how does it feel to be in the art trail and well, I'm just, I, meeting I, I, people? And... I tell you what, I just love the people organising it mm-hmm. because it's such a challenge, and particularly nowadays, mm. and, and the old volunteers doing it. And they're giving us a chance, you know, to show our work. And they're putting all this hard work... And I think, wow, you're amazing, you know. Mm. And I just, I love it because it's like, first of all, I like the church, you know, because I also have a chance to light a candle, which oh, I like, you know, yeah, so any yeah, problems, yeah, you know, yeah. lighting, oh, please, you know. Anyway, <laughs> but they have the cafe, you know, in the mm-hmm. front, fresh coffee, mm-hmm. good cakes, nice tables, nice people. It's nice to meet the other people exhibiting. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, you know, it, it, it gives you a focus. Because you do the work, and okay, you can have it at home and look at it yourself, but it's nice to share it with other people, mm, you know? Mm. So having, It's so nice having had all these months of lockdown, yeah. and here we are in a beautiful place, meeting lots of people you'd never meet exactly, otherwise. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm not, to be honest with you, absolutely honest with you, I don't mind isolation, mm-hmm. and I love COVID period, because mm-hmm. it was up for me it was magic, because I could lock <laughs> myself in the house and do what I want to do. Because I'm quite sociable, you know, and kind of invite people home for dinners, whatever. Mm, I've eaten your food. It's amazing. Thank you very much. But I've been trying to lose weight as well. So I think the combination of of, of having more time to do my work and managing my my food intake was brilliant. (laughs) But I do... It's nice to be out and about again, you know. And uh, just as I said, I mean, it's really lovely to meet the other people. Yeah. uh, then another two years and then you oh you know it's good it's lovely yeah you yeah know. well it's lovely to see your, well, you, you here and much. your work and we'll go and see the big one in Gnome thank House you, thank you it's and lovely like- to meet you I'm Lorraine. I am one of the co-founders and directors of Wild Forest Theatre. So Wild Forest Theatre, we came about from the Listen Local Royal Court Theatre project that was part of the London Borough of Culture a couple of years ago. That was where local residents and established artists came together and we devised a new play called I'm Earthling. So following on from that project, we formed Wild Forest Theatre and we represent a diversity of age, culture, life experience, and I think we've all got yeah, a strong appreciation for the importance of arts. So back in February, we started to apply for arts funding, and of course the pandemic hit, and it all everything sort of came to a standstill. But the dedication of the group, we sort of carried on and we did some Zoom workshops on acting, creative writing, singing. And from these workshops, we developed our first production called Turning Tables. And today with me, I've got Ross, and he's one of the members of Wild Forest Theatre and is acting in one of the pieces. And he's going to tell you about our project called Turning Tables. Hello, I'm Ross. Turning Tables came about as a group project looking for an idea that could sort of connect everybody in the group. 
It's a diverse group of age and abilities uh, and also background and talent. The one thing that we came up with quite quickly was the table. I mean, everybody's got a table, hopefully. And we've all sat around one. We've had some of the most important things in our life happen at tables. And we've got all the mundane things that happens at tables as well. So through that, we had a theme we could explore. And we've come up with five really good pieces, each one very different. And yet each one has a connection to us just through that shared experience. Uh, it's been a great pleasure writing and performing. And yeah, hopefully we can go on to better and greater things. So yeah, we are part of the Off the Map sort of online uh, event for the Arts Trail. So if you go to the Arts Trail website and click on the Off the Map bit, scroll down, you'll see Wild Forest Theatre, Turning Tables. Click on that and you'll find our link. Once you click on that, it will be our show, 30 minutes of five short wonderful pieces that you can enjoy on your lunch break sit down and have a cup of tea and enjoy some local residents doing some wonderful theatre if you want to find more about our group you can go to facebook and just type in wild forest theatre and like our page and it'll give you more information about what we've been doing in the community we've also got the plays on our youtube channel which is wild forest theatre and we'd like to give a massive shout out to Emmanuel Lee, who is a young filmmaker from Waltham Forest. And his dedication and abilities are just amazing. And uh, we expect to see great things from him in the future. Sam, I'm from the Music Halls Project and we programme music normally into St Mary's Music Hall just across the way here. We're in the Welcome Centre today and we have been lucky enough to work with Jude Greenaway who was the guy who did the illuminations on the Town Hall for the opening uh, ceremony for Borough of Culture and yeah really excited to work with him and the local tamil music society ragas group of musicians who are uh, living here in the borough and uh, worked with a chap called mr kuhan who uh, put together a whole set of uh, musicians with his colleague uh, mudgad dash yeah this is the first project really sort of semi-professional professional projects that we've done with the Tamil community here but it's something that's very close to our hearts uh, to be working with as many different communities here in Walthamstow as possible because uh, Music Hall's uh, remit essentially is to develop space so put sound systems in spaces and make them you know sound good curate a program 
and very much engage with uh, a local community. And so that's our raison d'etre as an organisation and we were delighted to work with Jude, with Mr Kuhan, with Mugadash and all the musicians for this project. If you don't get to see this video, uh, which we're sort of uh, having here over the last few days, it will be online. So you will be able to log on and watch this on demand, as they say. So you'll be able to see that at www.musichalls.org. So yeah, if you miss it here today, then you've got chance to watch it back. So I'm Sam. I'm Sam Jones from uh, the Music Halls Project. I'm Poppy and we have an installation at the Lighthouse Methodist Church on Markhouse Road. This venue is really keen to open up to more community and creative and sort of public activities. So we're really lucky that they're hosting us here. And it's an actual lighthouse, isn't it? Yes, it's a pretty historic building, something like 30-something miles from the sea. Um, so there's an interesting history of why there is a lighthouse here. Yeah. And currently it's not publicly accessible, but they're hoping to get funding to allow people to actually go up the lighthouse and look across Walthamstow again. So it's an amazing space, and we're in the sort of side room because the main room has your installation in it, right? And it's a sort of uh, blackened-out square isn't it? Quite, yes. quite a small space of, what, sort of three metres by three metres, something like that? Exactly three metres by three metres. It's a <laughs> sort of gazebo or market marquee, and it's completely dark inside when the lights aren't on. It's surprisingly hard and time-consuming to even make that small space completely dark. It reminded me of trying to make dens as a kid. Um, <laughs> and... Once you're in there, the lights lead you around the space uh, and then the lights are triggered by your movements in the space. So you will sort of trigger or um, enable the visuals that you get to see. So you go in without your shoes on mm -hmm. and do... Can you see anything except the lights? Do you, you have to go down on your hands and knees, do you? Uh, not completely on your hands and knees, because we've made it wheelchair accessible as well. Um, I wanted it to be much lower, and people to have to really kind of change their physical form to interact with the space, because I find that, I guess, quite interesting. It makes you more of a performer within the space, and it makes you have to interact differently. And I guess if you were underground, you would have to move quite differently, but also in the interests of being quite public-friendly and accessible, um, the roof is about five foot five. So yeah, tall people have to go on their knees or duck. And you can sort of trigger the lights and sound by sort of kneeling or sitting and moving your arms. Um, you get more from it if you manage to like, get quite close and personal with the roots that are suspended from the ceiling. So these are roots of trees that you've gathered somewhere, have you? Yes, they were, they were all dead before I found them and cleaned the soil off the roots. And each root is a really different structure. So it sort of reveals that actually what's beyond, what's below the soil is as complicated as what's above the soil. Um, and in fact, it's sort of believed that 
if the top of a tree is cut down, the roots will sustain and stay living for a lot longer. And they, and in winter, actually when leaves have fallen and the tree is in stasis, it's the uh, roots that are keeping that tree alive and sort of slowly ticking over, uh, sort of as the heart of the tree. Amazing. So we were just talking about um, trees at the Windworks and I was saying about Dame Judy Dench did a documentary, have you seen it, about trees? And the guy who took her around her own orchard told her that the trees communicate through the soil for miles. And she was blown away by this, and I was blown away by it. So... I've forgotten about that documentary, but it's really good. Yeah, and that they will sort of tell each other, okay, there's a drought, you need to do this with your roots, you know, you need to build up your water in in the trunk or whatever. So... And how did evolution manage this brilliance? It's incredible. Yeah, partly I think about seeing evolution as something that is probably, I've got to use the word again, evolved, but like together. So the the trees have evolved alongside the mycelium, so the the root structure essentially of the, the mushrooms. So we see the mushrooms on the surface, but the the body of the fungi is quite often above, below ground or within the tree and we only see the fruit like an apple the mushroom is the fruit of the, of the fungi um, and yeah and they've evolved over millennia alongside all the other plants that are using that soil um, very interconnected so when you when when somebody goes into your installation they're sort of getting up close and personal to the root system yes they get to see the roots very closely and by themselves they're all I think they're almost like little works of art little sort of natural sculptures and they're sort of lit in a way that makes them in the spotlight quite literally and then the fungi mycelium is created through a light effect so it's a sort of exaggerated or a suggestion of mycelium and then the colours used, again, are very exaggerated and, and natural, but we wanted to create a space where people feel they can play, essentially. They can be a performer or take a role and see what's going on. So we had to use quite uh, exaggerated sounds and colours so people actually get a sense that they are part of the space. Um, because it's they just have five minutes in there, so you sort of have to work out your role in the space while you're it there. sounds incredible it sounds incredible and people just have to come and experience it yeah well sadly we're only open for two days for this art mm. trail um but we're really hoping to be able to develop it into a bigger piece um there's so much more complexity we can add to it like there's so many stories that could be told through this sort of mechanism um, and by taking people a bit out of their real surroundings um, some people have said they felt really safe and cocooned. Some people have sort of said they didn't really want to move much because they sort of felt quite intimidated. Um, but you're really taking people out of their everyday, and then I think that's when your minds are a bit more open to listening and sensing. We need to make it bigger and better and get some funding and invite a lot more people to experience it. Well, good luck, and thank you. Thank you very much. Sounds amazing. Thank I can't you. wait to go in. Can't Thanks wait. That's amazing. Well done, you two. Thank you. That's one of the most amazing things I've ever done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great compliment. Thank you. It's, 
It's how did you get the idea? How to do it? What to do? Is it both of you had this yes. idea? Poppy, Poppy came to me with a route, and um, I asked Ben if he could help me light a route, so it sort of picked up its features and I guess turned it into a work of art that people would sort of see out of context and kind of put the root on a pedestal whereas we, we're used to looking at trees and admiring trees but we often, we don't think about what goes on underground um, and I also have like my grand vision when I get to do something in the turbine hall of t the Tate which involves some massive tree roots um, but yes from a simple request to light a root what if the root responds to what if the root responds to our presence you know gets lighter and dimmer as we um, as, as someone approaches and, and moves away from it and then you're basically spiralled into into what you now have experience with uh, uh, for multi-sensory experience with a, with a narrative and like um, I think for me it's been a, it's a really fascinating journey um, learning about um, well how little we really understand um, nature like the fusion between plant life and mushrooms and, and and everything else in between and it's uh, yeah it's been really rewarding process and uh, I think I'm not sure where we're going with it exactly but uh, I think you, need, you definitely need to go to the Tate with it <laughs> there's, there's, yeah there's a lot of other narratives we'd like to tell in the space and I think there could be quite a not literal science communication still using arts for science communication but telling a more straightforward story um, perhaps some aimed at younger audience and some that are more abstract and poetic uh, and some more philosophical and that could all be told in the same space using this technology because we can either set it so people we know what journey people are going on or literally the where they spend the most time looking will trigger a different version of the journey they take in the space but yeah we had to start with one story and one journey and we'll grow from there I think that's brilliant. That's brilliant because we're all used to seeing the canopy of trees, aren't we? Like the Amazonian canopy or, you know, or even like going through Epping Forest and looking up underneath the trees. But we never, ever think of what's below and it's a whole world. And it's all interconnected and the sort of philosophical bit at the end was really wonderful. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> Struck the right balance, kind of exploration and <clears throat> storytelling. You did. You did. so much for joining into these podcasts we hope you've been inspired by the content and that maybe 
in the possible future, you'll take part and make art. It's hard to fly.